Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Good evening, everyone, and let me see if I can, I'll kind of uh, run this on the fly and try to get the link shared out as quickly as I can. I am finally, take two, joined by Ivy, and uh, we're going to have the conversation about all the kind of craziness that went on on Monday night, and if nothing else, we're going to prove that two people can have a civilized conversation about some uh, things that become heated, especially, uh, so earlier when when i had the original thing kind of scheduled uh i talked for a little while and a couple friends of mine got in and posted comments and stuff and i said i feel like twitter and social media are like this huge magnifying glass that just amplifies the absolute worst of people uh in especially in particular moments and there are other times when those platforms amplify the best of people in in certain situations, but um, when things get heated, especially around certain topics, uh, it's easy for emotions to to kind of take over and things get said and, you know, shit gets wild. Uh, so if you don't mind, uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and then I'll tell you a little bit about myself because obviously we we don't know each other at all aside from a right. very brief Twitter engage or uh, interaction. So, so tell me a little bit about yourself and then we'll right. kind of take it from there. Okay. Thank you. Uh, can you give me the charger, please? I'm online. Um, so my name is Ivy. Um, I am originally from Alabama. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm originally from Alabama. Um, I reside in Texas at the moment. Um, I am a medical admin uh for a thank you for a um company called loyal source um i work with the government on a u.s air force base in the military um i am no longer you're pulling it you're pulling it you're pulling it oh i gotta come over sorry i am um only 23 years old but i definitely do advocate for racial tensions when it comes to um, you know, Black Lives Matter, when it comes to racism, when it comes to things like that. I used to be a full-time nursing student until my school got shut down. So right now I'm just currently working. And that's kind of just really a brief little idea about me. Very cool. Um, well, so for me, I'm be 38 in two weeks. Um, got a handful of kids and I've lived all over the country. Uh, I grew up in 
very rural part of Kentucky, and then moved to uh, Mississippi, Arkansas, back to Mississippi, uh, Illinois, Indiana. Lived in lived about twenty miles north of Philadelphia, and worked uh, right around Trenton, New Jersey, for a little over a year, and then moved back to Indiana. Um, stayed out in Richmond, Virginia, for a few months uh, on a job site that I was working on. So I've kind of bounced around a little bit of here and there uh, all over the place for the last 15 years or so. Um, so I, I've kind of gotten a, gotten a decent taste of everywhere. Uh, yeah. Of everywhere, right. which, which for me kind of, uh, it kind of shapes the way I view the world a little differently because I have had experience with a lot of different parts of the country. Uh, you know, Kentucky and Mississippi, while they're both, you know, in the South, they're very different states. Mm -hmm. Arkansas and Mississippi, while they're both in the South, they are very different places. Uh, Like it's, and then to completely drop out of my comfort zone and live in the Northeast around Trenton, New Jersey and and Philadelphia, um, that was really an interesting experience. And I did some traveling while I was up there and and spent some time up in Connecticut and, and New York and like, it's an interesting part of the country that is much different from anywhere. Wow, majority else. of the places that you've um, that you've been or that you've you know been or lived in, I've definitely traveled in there. So that's interesting, kind of yeah. know where you are. All right, so how many kids do you have? Uh, I have two, and then my wife has three, and that we have uh, mine are with us half the time. We have the youngest; she lives with us full time, and then the two older ones. Uh, one of them, he's he's on his own and has a job and everything. And then uh, the middle one, she lives with her dad. So, and we see her whenever okay. she decides she wants to come hang out with us. She's sixteen and <laughs> she's sixteen and one of the cool kids. So we uh, we only get grace with her presence whenever she needs something. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So you want to dive in on all the craziness that was. Monday night and the uh, the different spaces. Oh, man. I've never so, seen... Um, I'm only aware... Go ahead. Oh, I say, I've never seen that many spaces with that many people all going simultaneously <laughs> like that. Like, it was... It was pretty crazy. Um, man. Man, that was actually... Um... Oh, here we go. You can you can see me? Can yep, me? You're back. Okay. Uh that's crazy. I've actually um never hosted a Twitter space before. That was my first time actually even being on a space when I uh joined, you know, the spaces that were there. So uh what happened Monday night from my point of view um was I, I originally saw a space that said white people don't deserve nothing. And I was like interested in it and the hashtag that included with that said um mayo monkeys gotta go so at the time i think um it was about three thousand people the hashtag was trending and i tuned in because i kind of wanted to see like first of all what do you mean white people don't deserve anything um 
me personally, just give a, another background story. Uh, my mom is black and my dad is Sicilian and Filipino. So I'm kind of like in a mixed blended family. Uh, so it was kind of interesting because I grew up predominantly in a white high school. Um, I originally, like I said, was from Alabama. So um, I was raised in the projects until my mom wanted to do better with her life and became a, a nurse. And she moved us to Texas and it was outside of Austin. And I grew up literally around white people. So when I saw that title, I've had, you know, my fair share of, you know, white people discriminating against me, being the only black girl on the cheerleader, um, all kinds of stuff, only black girl on the basketball team, da 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 da. So when I tuned into that live, um, I think at the time they were talking about um ooh, they were talking about a lot of crazy things. But the one thing that I do remember was White people don't deserve nothing because, or nothing, nothing, whatever. Um, because the 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 person that hosted it was basically trying to bring attention to um, black and white couples being together. She didn't believe that was, I guess, a thing. Um, another point that they tried to make in that lot or that space was uh, white genocide, um, white supremacy, and all kinds of things like that. Um, I tuned in because I just kind of feel as if one thing it is about me and when it comes to these types of controversial topics is although they're opinionated and although they're your own beliefs, you have to be mindful of when you're bringing that type of, you know, mindset and words onto the internet because not everyone is going to agree with you. Everyone is going to have their own viewpoint. So with it being 3000 viewers, I'm just like, hmm. Okay, let's let's get let's get a little juicy here. I, I thought it was actually a great a great night, honestly, overall. Uh, so I stayed in there for a little bit. Um, I kind of spoke about um, white and black families uh, kind of being mixed together because I grew up that way, trying to really honestly bring awareness. But after I got off, then we move into another space. That space caught me completely off guard. That space said, why do Black people exist? I personally came into that live. That live had about 2,000 viewers. And the person who was the host for that with that title was a white woman. Now, I only think that 10 people can go on the panel, correct me if I'm wrong, um, on spaces. And majority of her panel, it was seven people that was white. And it was three people that were Black. Those three people were Tariq Nasheed, an artist named Freddie, and another artist named Big Boom or something like that. I'm not familiar with them. Um, but, oh, man, it's kind of bringing it all back to me. When she said, why do Black people exist? She created that group because she saw another space that said, why do white people exist? Um, I personally didn't see that. I didn't see the comments in that. It's actually on Twitter. If you guys do want to check it out, uh, you can search it up. Why do uh, why do black people exist? You'll literally see like the screen recordings. You'll see the comments. It's crazy. It's it's actually interesting, but it is crazy. Um, and they were talking about racism um, primarily. And when I requested, I was listening to it. And to be honest, to me, it did sound like a little bit of nonsense. I was just like, first of all, why do you have a, a topic that is so triggering that says why do black people exist? So I requested to go on the panel. When I requested to go on the panel, um, I didn't really care about what was talked about. I basically asked the host, Daphne, why would you, or her name was Daphne. She's, I asked her, why would you make a, um, a space called White People Exist? 
She didn't have an answer for me. What she said was, I wanted to make this space because I saw a post that said, why do white people exist? And I wanted to see if it was a double standard. And I said, it's You cut out. I got, a, I got a phone call. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Yep. Yep. I can see you. Okay. I can't see you, but I'm going I'm to continue. Um, so I, I asked her, why did she make that space? And basically she was just saying when she saw it, she wanted to see if it was a double standard. Um, I told her, I just kind of felt as if that was clip bait. Um, and from there it went left. Um, you had other people trying to come for me. You had other people trying to tell me, oh, that's not what this is about. And out of nowhere, the group ends. <laughs> it just it just ended. So then I made a space and I did a part two and I said, why do black people exist? And the people who were um, Freddie and um, Lance, another person that I use as my co-host, um, I kind of wanted to see why would someone make a group like that? Then I wanted to see how can we come up with a resolution? How can we come up with a solution? Um, I didn't have no intentions of arguing not with one white person, not with one black person, Chinese, any any race, any ethnicity whatsoever. I didn't really care that much. Um, but so, I did want to know. So uh, can I jump in real quick? All right. So, so when all of that was going on at the very beginning, because uh, the original space that you talked about, the... Uh, Oh, what was the hashtag? The male monkeys got to go or whatever. Uh, male monkeys got to go. Yeah. So yeah. I saw that one and, and I, I listened very briefly and it just, uh, it was getting pretty crazy around the time when I tuned into it. So I, I kind of checked out pretty quick. Uh, if there's, <laughs> if there is engaging dialogue going on that seems to be moving in a particular direction or, or seems to be, accomplishing something then then i'll stick around but at that point at least in it um it just didn't seem that that it it didn't seem to be making progress towards anything so i I checked out well at the same time the why do white people exist stream or uh space was going on and then did you catch that uh say what now did you catch that one did you catch Uh, the why do white people exist it it was kind of like the the Mayo monkey got to go when uh, I checked it out. I listened for two or three minutes. Um, it was, I don't know, at least from my perspective, it didn't seem to be accomplishing anything. So like, as a lot of people uh, agreeing with each other on, I guess uh, what's wrong, but not any solutions and and not even really addressing what's wrong in America, more so just uh, demonizing white people. And that's fine, whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, I get that. But it didn't seem to be moving in any decent direction. So, and I was getting ready for work, so I I clocked out. Um, And then Daphne started the, why why do black people exist? And I was in that one with the first 10 or 15 people. And it was intended as a satirical type thing. Like it wasn't serious. There were a handful of us. We were just talking and people were being dumb. Uh, 
there were there were even a couple of black people in the group who understood that it was intended as a joke and had and people were just hanging out and talking and a, a few of mm-hmm. them is it in bad taste in hindsight absolutely but a few of the people in the group uh changed their profile pictures to a clansman and like it was yeah, maybe maybe poor taste humor but it was intended to be just dumb satirical humorous type thing and then so then mm-hmm. like i like i said i was in with the first 10 or 15 and and listening and it was funny and it was stupid and then i had to go to work and by the time i got to work i checked back in and there were 3800 people and it was going nuts and, and like and it may have been you who had asked but I, like i from the time that I got to work until the stream ended, um, I heard I heard Daphne say at least twice, like she didn't really have a real purpose for creating it. It was like she like like you said, she said it was to see if there was a double standard, which she should have just said straight up. It was a it was meant to be a joke. Like it wasn't supposed to become thirty eight hundred people. It was supposed to be like ten or fifteen of us. <laughs> Uh, goofing around, acting like dumbasses, and then it would just end, uh, you know, organically when everybody got tired of of being dumb. And but somehow, and see, I don't see, I don't know what happened from when I left to go to work, and there were fifteen of us, to when I got to work, and there were three thousand, three thousand, and and then people yes. were getting, then people were getting really mad. When after the stream ended, thinking that she kicked people out or that she had uh, um, like shut people off or whatever, and and none of that was what happened. Like it, I think Twitter may have, I think Twitter may have shut the space down, honestly. Uh, but it, because yeah, it just abruptly, I think Twitter shut it down as well. Yeah, it just abruptly ended for everybody. Like no, nobody got kicked out, but but people weren't wanting to hear that. Everybody thought they were. Everybody thought they got kicked out, that they got yeah, silenced, that they kicked, got cut right. off, and then people are getting mad, and mm-hmm. um, so it was, it was pretty crazy the whole the whole thing. But yeah, like I said for for me being there at the beginning of it, it was just intended to be something stupid, and like nobody could have not none of the first dozen of us in there could have foreseen that it was going to become pushing four thousand people, you know, right. And I don't know what all conversations were had. Uh, see, that's the problem with having a long drive to work. I missed a good 30, 35 minutes. And uh, so I don't know what all conversations were had. And I don't know who all the speakers mm-hmm. were. Um, you know, all, all I really knew was what it started as and then what it ended as. And it was it was pretty crazy. Right. Um, I just know that when I got into it, um it was, like I said, seven white people on the panel, and it was about three black people. And they were trying to explain racism and equal injustice when it comes to, um, you know, the minority of the black people and Hispanics. The blacks felt as if that the title alone itself, Why Do Black People Exist, was a clickbait type of situation. And I kind of felt that way too when I saw it. So I just kind of felt like 
it was really disgusting, kind of distasteful to see that on, you know, a worldwide social media internet site where there is no rational solution as to why we are talking about this. Because if, you know, you saw a panel with entire black people that just said, why do black people exist? You know, someone's going to feel some type of way, regardless of who created it or what was said and what was started. So I feel as if, you know, when it jumped from the 15 when you got in until like 2000 when I got in, and then it ended up on 3000, it was more so of like a race war. And that's where the balance seemed to, you know, just be off. There was no type of communication along the lines of anyone respecting each other. Everyone had their own beliefs. And when it comes to racism alone, and you're speaking on a topic like that, you're going to always find unequal justice when it comes to Black Americans, African Americans, or Native Americans. Racism exists, you know, through any type of uh, race or ethnicity and my beliefs. And when I speak, I'm speaking solely on um, the opinion of me and how I view things uh, when we're talking here. So I just kind of feel as if it, it, it honestly, it wasn't necessary. Even the first group, you know, Mayo Monkey's Gotta Go, it wasn't necessary. There was no reason for us to talk about it. But in order for this society to continue in a positive direction, something has to give, you know? Racism exists dominantly in the Black community, not even against just Blacks on Blacks, or Hispanics on Blacks, it's nine times out of 10 white people against Black people. And it's kind of hard to move in this world thinking, you know, can I get a job without being discriminated? Can I go get a job with my hair being this long, you know, or, you know, with my brother having dreadlocks or anything like that? Like, when you see topics like that, you already kind of know that it's going to be controversial. And not every opinion is a fact and not every opinion is, you know, just invalid, uh, I should say. But speaking on those type of topics, it does become hard. It does become very triggering. And it's it's just, it depends on how you want to go about it. Um, when I created my group, I tried to continue to backdoor uh, Daphne on hers. Uh, I wasn't diminishing my Black people whatsoever. Um, I simply wanted to know why was there a space honestly created? Why do Black people exist? I kind of feel like white people, um, you know, this is their governed society. Um, in my opinion, I just feel like white people have a more necessity when it comes to, um, you know, government anything when it comes to money, when it comes to funding, when it comes to anything like that. It's very hard for African-Americans to get those same resources um, because nine times out of 10, Black people are considered a minority and they're considered poverty. Um, okay. Trying to think of a way to put this delicately, but there's probably not a way to put this delicately. Um, that that is by I, I'm not going to take anything that you say to to uh, uh, okay. harm. Okay, so, so it's just a conversation. You, you so, need to have it. <laughs> yeah. So you are right, a hundred percent, and that is by design. Um, God, this is going to come across terrible, but it's you're not going to harm me. It's just a right. conversation. The civil rights movement was probably the worst thing for the black community that could have happened. 
at the time, the black community yes. was actually making progress. And then what the civil rights movement ended up doing was it put the future of black people in the hands of the government. And so from that point forward, what you've seen is large subsidies and lots of stuff not to help the black community become successful, not to help the black community become independent entrepreneurs or actually get a good education, actually build their communities and become strong. What the post-civil rights era uh, policymakers have done is they have made the black community uh, reliant on the government for handouts while simultaneously not allowing the black community to progress beyond being basically a puppet of the government and living off of those handouts. Right. And so for me, I grew right. up in a, I grew up in a very small river town uh, in very rural Kentucky. And like you saw that so prominently. Uh, I, I was, so I, the high school that I went to was probably about uh, 55, 45 or 60, 40 uh, black to white. Uh, so I, I would have been in the minority in my school. Um, mm -hmm. And like me and my brother hung out, we hung out in the hood and played spades and dominoes and played basketball and, you know, it was different for me, but I, I also played sports and like I hung out with everybody and, but you, like you would get to see firsthand how the system is really rigged to keep those black communities under the thumb of state and federal government. Like, those those communities are almost entirely subsistent on government handouts and the the people who try to better themselves who try to get out and start a job start a business like do something for themselves they get suppressed and pushed back down they can't get funding to to start their their business they can't get the uh, permits or certificates or contracts or whatever that they need. And, and like the way it is set up is specifically designed to keep the black community reliant on the government to basically go cradle to grave, take care of them. And which is really, which is really kind of sad. Like, I, I don't understand why, well, well, I don't understand why the black community continues to vote for Democrats when Democrats and everything policy wise that they've done for the last 50 years has been to suppress the black community and keep them reliant on the government. Like it's, they were, the, the community was moving in the right direction and then civil rights era happened and everything policy wise that you've seen for the last 50 years has been directly suppressive of the black community. Like that, that pisses me off as well, you know, it's just a country wide that pisses me off. You, oh, I understand. Uh, well, you asked the question of why do black people continue try to um, vote for the Democratic Party? We, okay, so honestly, white people, rich white people represent the Republican Party. Democratic people 
represent for the black party that's just how you were that's how you're basically grown up to when you know as a black child um growing up it was the white represent the red the blacks represent the blue that's just always been a thing so when it comes down to why do you only want to go to democratic parties for the black people that's because most african americans don't have the resource well they we have the resources i'm not gonna lie we choose not to voluntarily not listen to our study books we choose not to listen to our textbooks we choose not to listen to our government see you later love you uh we choose not to listen to nothing when it comes to world history at all other than slavery i could tell you i'm growing up in high school the only thing that i ever cared about in history was slavery i wanted to know uh, about the emancipation i wanted to know about the tea party i wanted to know about harriet tubman that is probably the only thing that i actually cared about and so i grew up to really understand why is the world governed the way that it is uh hold on give me one second so um black people don't have the money you know or the resources to have a strong leader to push behind us to get that type of knowledge honestly when it comes down to um you know very key leaders like martin luther king when it comes down to uh rosa parks people like that who are governed in our society to lead a community and actually make a difference those are the type of people that we try to look up to we don't have that no more there's no one that can represent for the black people for us to say oh can you go run for president or hey can you go be in the senate can you go run in the house our ju our dude uh, our judicial system is completely against african americans that's why our crime rate is so bad that is why we killing each other off that's why we don't have we black people don't have what white people have you know what i'm saying it's really hard to get those type of connections bring us in together and move as one. Now, what I can sit here and tell you is when it comes to funding, what the what the what the um, government needs to do is is not only I could give a, a great example, Donald Trump, um, our president, you know, for the last four or what, four to eight years. Uh, four I can't years, remember. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Four years. Well, yeah. One term. I'm sorry. Um, when it came down to his beliefs, uh, I personally voted for Donald Trump. I didn't vote for the Democratic Party just because of the fact that the Democratic Party doesn't really truly do anything as for Black people. The Green Party is, to me, honestly, is a throwaway party. Libertarians, they just want to be liberal. They're just like, mm, mm, they're just picky and choosy. Uh, that's just my viewpoint. So um, when it comes down to a governmented system, and with Donald Trump using us for an example to uh, the pandemic, we got a lot of funding through stimulus checks that helped out with our businesses, that helped up with uh, groceries, as well as white people. I'm going to include them too. All every it doesn't matter what you had on your skin color, uh, what you whatever. We all bleed red. You know what I'm saying? We all got some type of advantage of money. Now, when you look into low poverty for the black community most crime rates happen in low poverty areas like memphis for an example chicago for an example 
Um, you have you have you have other types of um, cities that don't really have the resources to get us an ambulance, a resource to get us, um, you know, hospitals, get us to anywhere. There's nothing that we could do. If the government decided to be for black people, what the government is going to do is the government, the government needs to give, actually, let me, let me say this. The society claims that the world is in debt, that we are in debt, the U.S. of, I don't even, I know that it's a trillion dollars. How was the government able to give us stimulus checks? How was the world able to give us all this money? See, How was the world is, able to tell the entire world to go sit down? See, this is where you need to uh, spend a little time hanging out with the libertarians on Twitter. Um, so we we could talk about the Fed, the Federal Reserve and the... To condense probably three hours worth of uh, a... <laughs> basically a lecture on how the Federal Reserve works down into a, uh, an easy soundbite. Basically, all of our money is make-believe, and the reason that they can just give it out is because it's not based. It's not based on, backed on, or really, it, it's all it's all just play money. It Basically, it's, it's, it's monopoly money at this point, so they can print as much as they want, and they can just pump it out. There's no point in even taxing us anymore because they don't use our tax dollars to pay for anything. The uh, it's, they they just print whatever money they need and and roll with it. So so that's the long and short of how they were able to give. All that's these all things. they have to do. That that but that's all they have to do is print money. What where money is going to help this entire world is is that if the government decides to give out money, first of all, they need to help blacks. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to exclude Hispanics. I'm not trying to exclude um, Asians or Chinese or nothing or white people. What I'm saying is, is that black people need a foundation for money, period. There is nothing that we could do without money. Money comes is basically the root of all evil. It helps us be happy. Money also helps us be sad. What the government needs to do is, is dish out around $20 trillion for foundational black people. And I'm talking about going as far as 1870 up until the 1900s. A foundational black person is a person who has been in this world, they have a legitimate degree, they have a legitimate house over their head, they're able to fund for their family because what black people do, some black people get money, they go buy coke, they go buy weed, they go, they just put off. But then you have other black people like me for my myself, you want to invest, you want to help your family, you want to help your, um, your loved ones, period. Money is a big problem. Black people don't get as much necessity as white people do. And that's just the problem. And that is why it's always continuously going to be, is whites over the blacks or is blacks going to be over whites? Blacks, this is the motherland. I'm sorry. I, I just got to break it to y'all. We are here and we are from Africa. The white man made us get or come to America thinking that America was going to be our promised land where we have to live the American dream, where we're going to be able to, you know, be son, I mean, um, um, uh, wife and husband, have two, three kids, live in a nice house, pick a fence. That is our American dream. That is what is sold to us as since we were childhoods. It's not that at all. 
You don't get that at all, especially depending on so what type of family you were born in, how much money does your family bring in or whatever. Blacks have to resource so much for Black people. I know single moms right now who are alone raising two to three kids right now off of little bit of money, probably like off the $1,200 that actually, you know, gets them the things that they need as far as food, water, and shelter. You know, the, the uh, what do you call it? The, the shelter, the four things of what, you know, parents have to basically raise a kid as, as long as I'm providing food, as long as I get you water, as long as I get you a bed and a, and a house. It's very hard for Black people to live in this society because we're getting taxed for so many things, as well as white people. White people also have a, dis- a, a discrimination when it comes to that, too, especially the lower class white people. You cannot be able to move forward in this world without really honestly being a genuine person. And it's as truthful as that sounds. It's really hard to come across that in America at this point, at this, uh, at this point, at this point, trying to talk. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up Um, because I don't think a lot of people realize that that's a thing uh, like growing up in a very rural part of Kentucky also you know all of my time in Arkansas and Mississippi um, there are extremely impoverished white communities that honestly they may be worse off than some of those poor black communities which all right so don't take this the wrong way again but which um, there is a incentive that the government has for itself to keep those black communities, uh, you know, uh, under their control for lack of a better way of putting it. Like I talked about earlier, um, for those impoverished white communities, there is no incentive. So like those people don't even get, they don't even get the handouts and and stuff that a lot of black communities get, which is like, and, and a lot of people don't see that. I mean, you know, I grew up with those people, like that's, you know, they're, they're people that I went to high school with, but a lot of people, especially a lot of people in, um, the upper middle class, bigger cities, more urban areas or, and, and, you know, regardless of skin color, uh, there is a certain demographic of people that have never seen those people in their life and have no idea what's actually going on in those communities. And, And like, it's, you know, it's not, uh, that's one of those things that it's not just uh, a black and white thing. Like it's a, the poor people it's don't all get over. it. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, and it goes across the board. Exactly. exactly. It, it's, it, it doesn't start with black people. I want to say that the only thing that really comes down to the minority is racism still exists to the black community. White people, um, well, not all white people, but majority of the white people who don't have no type of power, who don't have no type of, um, you know, actual credentials behind their name are struggling just as much as the black people are in this world. Um, But some do have family members who are able to give them those type of resources to help them. You have some white people who just want to throw their life away as well as black people. Um, and But you also have some white people who actually are in a, in a situation where it is 
less privileged and they're trying to do something, but you get hit down and you get discriminated and you get told that you can't do this because of your, your criminal background. You get told that you can't do this because of the way you look, how shabby you look, you look dirty. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't just fall with black people. It, it White people are included in that as well. So if you are not privileged, if you don't have no sense of power, if you don't have no type of, uh, you know, credentials behind an individual as yourself, you're going to be looked at as a minority. Now, white people are not considered a minority. White people are actually considered the majority of the world. The minority is the different races, Latinos, Hispanics, Asians, um, Islanders, you name it, Filipinos, whatever. So, when it comes down to filling out, you know, for an example, when you fill out, fill out an application, you see white, then you see African-American, and then you see other and, you know, the other list of whatever it is that you um, come up with. All of that, including, you know, what type of person you are, does factor in, you know, how you are going to come about in this world. And that's what the government doesn't understand that they're doing to their people they're really trying to, I feel as if history repeats itself. I feel as if the world honestly wants to segregate us, but we've came so far, actually, um, you know, white people and black people trying to actually be together that now it's starting to be crime on our own races. So it doesn't even really have to be about racism. It doesn't really have to be about you um, attacking me or me, you know, slandering you. It's not even about that. It's just... Our government is so messed up right now. We are not doing good at all. That the the old beliefs are trying to become the new beliefs. And then the new beliefs are trying to destroy the progress that we're actually trying to make. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. So one of the things that you did say, um, you said that the government doesn't doesn't understand or maybe doesn't know what it is that they're doing. I I would disagree with that. I I very much think there is a there is a design and a purpose behind uh, the way that is conducted. Like mm-hmm. you as a as a government, you don't maintain power by promoting people to be independent and take care of themselves. You need people to be dependent on you as the government. So. So there is a lot of design in uh, the way a lot of that stuff's done, and you know, we, like like we talked about, like there's there are a lot of programs that don't help any communities. It, it's it, they are specifically designed just to just to ingrain or get these people entrenched into being stuck under the thumb of the government. And um, see, I. I I am a libertarian. Uh, I don't think more government is ever going to be a solution because the government is too incentivized to take care of itself, the people in the government. And, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if they're black or white. It doesn't matter if they are Republican or Democrat. Everybody in Washington, D.C., has the sole intent and purpose to take care of themselves, to protect their power, and to protect those around them who make them rich. 
and me right. and you and agree. none of the people in the communities that we grew up in or the communities that we live in now or anywhere that we've traveled to in all of our lives are anywhere on their radar as actual actually being important or impacting any of that. Uh, and that's like, that's just the, the sad reality of it is that like, you cannot look at anybody in government and think they actually represent me and they actually want what's best for right. me. Right. I could, I, I don't have nothing to say behind that, that I absolutely agree with that for sure. I probably worded that wrong when I said that the government doesn't know what they're doing. They really do know what they're doing. Uh, what I was trying to say as far as they don't know what they're doing it's in a sense of they don't know how to come together and really be rational on what fits for all of the people in this world. They're actually, uh, I don't even know the word. I'm not even trying to sound, you know, more intelligent than one person. I really don't care about that. What I'm trying to say is honestly, um, or my thought, it, the word went away. So I, I don't even know how to say what I want to say, but I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that at all. I just feel like, oh, Megan's comment popped up on my screen. Oh, he says uh, the government needs its people to remain a victim so the government can be the hero. And if a division between the races yes. is a pathway toward that, so be it. So be it. Yes, I agree with that, too. Absolutely. I just feel like the government is intentionally trying to destroy and honestly segregate us in some way, in some form to make one race seem better than the other and i feel like that is intentional most money you know you have people like bill gates just sitting behind money and that money could just be you know it could be going to a different type of use like people have value you know when it comes to your social security number for an example you are a business in this world as literally as soon as you are born you have a, a name in capital letters and you have a social security numbers every uh, social security number has a has a letter um, and each letter comes from one I think I want to say it's one bank in the world I mean not one bank um, a bank in the world and I think it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G something like that I don't know if you know what I'm talking about but there's money sitting in the bank that we necessarily that we have in, to us that we don't know about and if we were able to use that as a startup, you know, as far as going to school, as far as taking care of, you know, um, um, what do you call college tuitions and funds and stuff like that. I don't think that it would necessarily be a problem, you know, um, for anyone to go get the education that they need to be something in this world. But due to the fact that the society is trying to basically. Hmm, bring us down and be against each other, that's that's what's going to continuously make them feel like they have one up on us. Definitely. So how, how do you feel about this conversation? You think we're... Uh, I, I love I guess it. I like... I, honestly, I used to be in high school um, a political... Or actually, I was on the debate team um i've done uio spelling i've done all types of things i was uh commended on everything as far as english when it came to state testing in texas things like this not only if i was even wrong 
any conversation that I have with somebody when it comes to anything, I always learn something uh, from it. So I don't ever try to go into conversations, you know, deep conversations like this um, to be negative. I try to get my viewpoint. I try to understand the other person's viewpoint. If I don't, I ask the questions. Um, I'm reading the comments. I'm loving everybody's comments so far. Um, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm actually having a great time here. I'm, it's, it's not even nothing to me. Good, good. That, that was what I was hoping was that we could have a, a <laughs> rational, civilized conversation. And like, like you had said at the beginning, um, all of those spaces that were going on, uh, they, they kind of got out of hand, like to, to one, some extent or another, they all kind of got out of hand. And do you even like, where, where did they even come from? Like, was it just something to like, like I know the one for the Daphne made was, you know, just to be, it was just meant to be humorous. And then it became, you know, something totally out of control, but like, like what were, what were the, what were the foundations of the other ones? Do you have any idea like where those came from? Cause, cause every, every time that I tuned into those, um, they were just like out of control. Um, to be, to be honest, I, I want to say the male, the, uh, why do white people, no, white people don't deserve nothing uh, with uh, hashtag Mayo Monkeys Gotta Go. I honestly don't know where any of these came up. I don't know why they came up. I don't know why the one that said, why do white people exist came up. And I got the reason as to why do black people exist. Um, to be honest, I feel like everyone is just kind of over the injustice when it comes to black people. Um, you did see in the news recently I can't remember his name, Kyle Rick, huh? Oh, give me a second. I can't remember. Uh, I want to say his name, Kyle Rittenhouse. It was the the standard of Trayvon Martin and Kyle Rittenhouse. I I want to say these are the two people that the world compared to, with Trayvon Martin being in Florida, seventeen years old, with a hoodie on, going to the grocery store uh, to get a um to get some candy and then being shot unintentionally by George Zimmerman. I feel like those type of things with big uproars become a huge problem for my black community. Then you have, for an example, I, I can't remember if his name is Kyle or not. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but Kyle to be, you know, a white teenage boy who went out, then wasn't supposed to have a gun innocently killed two um two other people and then goes on trial and then gets all of his counts not guilty that's where it became a problem i feel like so when they say like white people don't deserve anything i feel like it's just like you guys kind of always well not you guys um some white people get the vast majority of like black this black person did this he didn't do anything but then the white person came and did this and it wasn't nothing and you have a white male who goes and does something similar and he doesn't get the same consequences it becomes you know a roar and that's where the line is drawn you get what i'm saying so without getting into a lot of the uh, the real like deep nuts and bolts on the the written house thing um so the written house and the the trayvon martin cases um, I guess from looking at them in a direct comparison light, I feel like those are really apples and oranges. Like they're they're not uh, they're not very closely similar. Now, did 
Tell me if you heard about this one. Um, it's a young black man. His name is Andrew Coffey. And his trial was going on at the same time as the Rittenhouse trial. Now, uh, Andrew Coffey, the police busted in his door and he believed that he was under attack, that uh, he was, you know, having a home invasion. And he opened fire and defended himself in his home. And he was uh, he was found not guilty of the murder counts in his case for where he shot and killed police, several police officers. Um, he was found not guilty and it was deemed self-defense, which the same thing was what the ultimate verdict was for the Rittenhouse case. The, the video evidence and everything pretty clearly showed that uh, at the times when he shot, he was directly under attack by the people that he shot. So, so there were two cases that were very uh, kind of closely tied there in that uh, the Rittenhouse and the coffee cases. Now, unfortunately, what's going to come ask about... You, but let me ask you, uh, for the Andrew Coffee, did they have a warrant out for the drug raid to go into his home? Now, see, that I don't know. But nonetheless, even if they did... Um, and it's possible that they did. So they so have. What? If you can enter someone's home, a police with a uh, with a with an arrest warrant. If you do not have an arrest warrant, that's where you do claim self defense, regardless of if it's an officer or if it's a uh, pedestrian. Yeah, but um, the uh, the jury ruled that he was not guilty of murder in in that case, shooting those police officers because it was self defense. He he believed he was under attack, and uh, so Warren or not, it was it was basically deemed that he was defending himself uh, against violent attackers uh, and invaders, even if they even if they may have ultimately ended up being police officers. It was self defense on his part, which is like that's a good precedent to set. That should also that should also bring up. Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, who, to my knowledge, is still in jail. Like he should, he should be released immediately. If with that being the case, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I, I want to say as far as Andrew Coffey's, um, now they are I pursuing extra charges being... on him uh, because because yes, he, that's what I was going to say. A, I don't care yeah. if he was black or if he was white because he because. Um, from my knowledge, when I read an article the other day, um, it said that the deputies did announce that they were there. Um, he was a convicted felon. He served over 30 years and he wasn't, I mean, no, he could serve up to 30 years, uh, because he couldn't have a, uh, gun because I think, I think he was a convicted felon. He shot at the officers first and the officer shot back. His girlfriend, um, I want to say, I can't remember her name. Um, got shot in the crossfire at least 10 times and later died on that day. So I, honestly, for me, as far as the Andrew Coffey, I wouldn't even have said that was self-defense, regardless of if he had a warrant. I mean, not if he had a warrant, if he shot at them first. But it is self-defense if there was no warrant for arrest and you have officers just coming in my house thinking, like, so like if an officer right walked in right now and you saw me pull out a gun and I shot him, 
I'm claiming self-defense because, first of all, you didn't knock on my door. Second of all, you don't even announce why you're here. And third of all, you have no reason to be in my house. That is considered self-defense. I have every right. Well, in Texas, I have every right to claim self-defense on uh, something like that. As far as Kyle Rittenhouse, I don't even want to get into that. And as far as um, what was I can't remember. Breonna Taylor. Ooh, that's a touchy subject. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into that one because there's still no justice on that. And me and you could go back and forth and we're kind of, we're in a really good positive space right now. So that trial honestly came back up. It didn't get the justice that it needed to get. Um, and that that's kind of just fair. And I want to be fair on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I do say, um, but I do want to say um, Daphne is actually in here. Um, I think this is Daphne that yeah. had that space. Um, your question for me, Daphne, was Ivy, do you, or what happened? Ivy, do you still think I'm a racist? Um, Daphne, I never thought that you were a racist. I just didn't really like the fact that you um, created a space that said, why do black people exist? And when I had asked you, you basically were trying to see if it was a double standard. Now, uh, my friend Justin here uh, said that, you know, at the time when he joined, it was only about 15 people. You guys were joking, da 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 And then the, black, the few Black people that were in there, you know, didn't see it as a big deal. But when it became, you know, 2,000 people, and that's kind of when I came in there, it started to be like a really big controversy and when I came onto the panel and I asked you, why would you make it, it kind of just seemed like clickbait to me. I just kind of felt as if you felt like maybe I disrespect you. And I want to apologize if you felt as if I disrespect you. I wasn't trying to disrespect you, but I felt some type of way about it because you never gave me a clear, direct answer. And then we had everyone going back and forth. I kind of started to feel like the space was completely distasteful, completely disgusting, and it was out of hand. So um, that was like the question said, that I wanted to uh, answer that. And like I said, like I, I had heard her try to explain it, but at the same time, there were a lot of people talking over each other. So okay. like, you know, that, that, that space got pretty, uh, it got pretty crazy. It, it did get absolutely crazy. I know um, it just kind of started to be, become like a race thing. My thing is, is that, when ignorance is presented on social media like that, it's actually just kind of just weird, honestly. Um, I don't have no intentions to be going back and forth with nobody on Twitter. I really care less. Uh, but that day, I really feel like I had the time because there was no reason as to why Twitter was going up like that on a, whoops, on a Monday. Um, One o'clock, I'm talking about y'all. I didn't get off of that live until about eight o'clock at night. Uh, I was on Twitter all day. I didn't have to work, nothing like that. And for you to see so many people, so many activists, so many filmmakers, artists, like verified texts coming in on those spaces, you know, tuning in or actually requesting a mic to speak, it should have been turned the other way. And I feel like when I created Why Do Black People Exist Part Two, like I said, and I was telling Justin earlier, it wasn't to diminish Black people, and it wasn't for me to be against Black people. It was more so of how can I turn something so negative into something so positive and come up with a solution, come up with a resolution. I know from my lot or my space, I had about 660 people 
from Daphne's um, space come into my life. And it was one of the, actually one of the best spaces. That, it was my first space and it's probably gonna be my last space because I so many people have opinions when it comes to Twitter and you just can't really, you know, get everybody's viewpoint and try to be fair and not everyone believes the same things as you believe because we weren't all raised the same. So it's kind of really hard to value other people's opinions when you believe something different. So Daphne, when you host, thank you. When you host something like that ever again, I just want to say that when something like that starts to turn negative, you got to turn it around, especially when it kind of seemed as if every black person in that space on your space tried to come for you. And like I said, again, if you felt if I came for you, I want to apologize on my behalf. So do you feel do you feel a little bit better about it after our conversation and kind of knowing where the space came from? Uh, Uh Uh-oh, you kind of cut out for me. Say that one more time, Justin. I I said, do you feel better about it uh, now having with us having this conversation and kind of knowing where the space came from and and what it kind of originated as? Like, do you kind of feel a little bit differently about it? I actually... Yeah, I actually, I really do. And I'm actually glad that she tuned in to um, to one, hear my apology for one, if she felt any type of disrespect coming from my end, especially uh, being on Twitter and me and her going back and forth. And as well as you, you know, coming and being open-minded. And um, I think, I don't know why, I don't know how it got to this. I think I saw your bio or something like that. Like, oh, I want to speak to you in person. Like, <laughs> I actually do want to talk to you, Justin, you know? Um, this is actually good. This is great. Um, I've never even heard of StreamYard before. Didn't even know that this was even a thing. Um, so I feel great. Trust me, I promise you can't not one black person, not one white person, Hispanic ever tell me about myself when I know that what I did was peaceful. I knew that I tried to come up with a solution. I knew that I wanted to come up with a resolution and I knew that I wanted to be for white people. And I also wanted to be for black people again. I grew up in a mixed home. Um, I don't eat black food all day. Like uh, my parents are black and Filipino and Sicilian. So I kind of can view both sides and the other side. So by all means, I do feel like all lives matter, uh, but I definitely do feel like black lives matter. Um, And that's just kind of where I'm at with it. And I appreciate you for actually, I'm sorry I got on here late. I didn't know how to work this, <laughs> but I'm glad that we had this conversation and, you know, me and you could have a civil conversation and allow other people to tune in and, you know, comment their viewpoints as well. I, I really appreciate that you, uh, that you quote tweeted my pin tweet and asked to do this because um, you, so you're the first person that's actually taken me up on that. And I really appreciate it. Um, like, <laughs> Like I said, like I say in that tweet, like the problem that we run into in modern society is people don't actually want to have conversations. They just want to scream it, scream over each other. And I'm not interested in any of that. Like that, that's, there's nothing productive that can be accomplished out of anything like that. And, and, you know, like I said, um, with the part of the country that I grew up in, you know, we spent a lot of time in black hoods and stuff, just hanging out and playing basketball and doing stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. My my stepdaughter, my youngest, right. my youngest is mixed. Um, so like, 
and me and her, me and her dad are really cool with each other and get along great. And he's, he, he is a trip, but he, uh, you know, like I, I see the tension, but I also see past it. And I feel like, uh, right. There are ways to get around it or to move through it and having right. conversations we just need like this. More people, we, you know, yeah, we, we really do need more people like you, Justin, um, you know, to come and, and kind of, you know, talk for the black community. It's kind of really hard for black people, you know, to sit in front of an audience and give a speech or, you know, say things like that because we're so used to being, Okay, not not necessarily me, but I have family members, you know, who are so used to. Give me one second. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but like I was saying, we do need more people like you guys because it's really hard for African Americans to come and have a space like this, be able to speak and tell our viewpoints of how we feel. And, you know, people didn't have to come on this live and tune in with us, but they did. They showed, you know, their comments, they showed love, they they appreciated the fact that we were even be able to have a conversation like this. It's kind of hard for, you know, let's say you came in to a all predominantly black school to give a speech about your business or something like that. You know, most black people are just going to be like, oh, you want our money, da, 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 da. But when you get our attention and you try to engage with us and then you give us some type of reassurance, we're, we're more warming and we're more opening up to it. It's really hard to do that. So I just really appreciate, I really appreciate you so much, Justin. And this couldn't have went no other way for real for me. I agree. So thank you very much. Hope everybody got something good out of this and it'll be up for replays. Uh, share it around. Uh, let people know, like these are conversations that these are the conversations that should be going on. Like these are the type yeah. of spaces that people should be having, like productive discord. Yeah. Uh, that this is how we move forward in this country. It, it doesn't happen with, the stuff that went on Monday night, it happens with people getting together and finding common ground because we all have it and we have a lot more of it than you would even realize a lot of times as we have both discovered here tonight. Right. Right. And, and it's, it definitely is possible y'all, you know, you could definitely come together with other skin tone colors. It's not hard when <laughs> someone is being ignorant. Sometimes you have to just, I grew up, honestly, uh, my mom used to tell me, a fish don't get caught if it doesn't open its mouth. So don't say something that you don't mean to intentionally hurt someone else that you wouldn't want to be said to you, you know? So you just got to move in love and light and, you know, be yourself. And if someone is not feeling you when you're being yourself, it's nothing to remove, block, and see something that you, I mean, to remove and block and, you know, don't put up with something. Not everything deserves a comment. And that's what I, I had to learn growing up. Amen. Well, I think we'll end it on that. That was excellent. You can, uh, if you <laughs> if you plug your Twitter handle or anything you got going on, I guarantee you all the people who have been tuning into this will follow and support in any way that they can. For sure, for sure. Uh, my Instagram or my Twitter or whatever um, is at ColorMyCoats. 
It's C-O-L-O-R-M-Y-C-O-A-T-E-S. Thank you very much. I'm Ivy, and thank you for having me, Justin.